Hi, this is Tom Compton. You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to talk about the subject of Christian Zionism. Is it possible for somebody to come out of Christian Zionism? This is what we've been talking about for these many, many years. We've been challenging Christian Zionists through many, many vigils. And just this past Sunday, our vigil leader, Craig Hansen in the Bay Area, led a vigil at a church in Sacramento that had their third Christians United for Israel event in less than a year, actually. So they're very frequent in having Kufi. And as we like to do, we like to send a letter to the pastor to let him know that we're coming. And we like to do an emailing in the area. And occasionally we get responses. And so what I'd like to start out with first is a letter that we got as a result of this notice of the vigil. We tell them what we're doing and why we're challenging the church and why we think that what Christians United for Israel is doing is turning their backs literally on what Jesus has taught us by ignoring the plight of of Palestinians. So here's the letter from a man named David. Sir, I don't know you, but I'm glad to receive your email. Perhaps I can be just one small voice in your life. I feel you're misguided spiritually and biblically if you think that Christian anti-Semitism is in any way an answer to the problems in the Middle East. The problem, sir, is evil. Evil is real, and it seeks to destroy. First, it seeks to destroy God's chosen and the everyone else. There are victims and perpetrators on both sides of the war, wars, in the Middle East. But one thing is clear in the Bible. Those who bless Israel will themselves be blessed. Those who curse Israel will be cursed and ultimately destroyed. Your cause, sir, is one that will not lead to peace but destruction. If you choose to go against God's chosen people and their land, that's not coming from a Zionist point of view. It's scripture plain and simple. The nation of Israel is under an everlasting covenant with God, one that cannot be broken. The land and the people, including all who put their faith in God of Abraham, Arabs and Jews alike, are inseparable from God's point of view. Israel, the people now and her land once again, has been attacked from all sides, yet God will not let them be snuffed out. I wish I could meet you in person to discuss over coffee, but those are my feelings. David. Okay, well, I responded along with Travis Steele, one of our members, to David, and we have not heard back from him. We offered to to talk with him through this vehicle, so I would imagine he probably won't reply. Now, the interesting thing about his letter here is that he didn't mention any Bible verses. He uses the Bible and all these things, chosen people and so forth, so he really has no back documentation or backup on this because we're 
according to him, at loggers against what is common belief about the modern state of Israel being the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. So first, let's just get a brief update on the vigil, Craig, and then we're going to introduce a lady from Michigan who actually came out of Christian Zionism. It doesn't seem like it happens very often, so we're really kind of interested to find out what her spiritual journey was to come out of the bondage from Christian Zionism, this belief that God is somehow in the real estate business and that he uh, will turn his back on Palestinians, even Palestinian Christians, our brothers and sisters there in Christ. So, Craig, why don't you give us a little update on the vigil? Okay, Tom, thanks. Uh, Just a a brief overview, and then uh, next week I'll give you more details. Basically, it's a a megachurch. I don't know, they probably seat a couple thousand at least inside the sanctuary. The good news for us, I guess, is that it was a very small turnout. Maybe 80 to 100 people showed up. And the uh, the bad news for us, though, is that I was the only one that showed up to represent uh, We Hold These Truths in Project Straight Gate. So hopefully we can get uh, a little more support. Uh, this kind of this one, um, Kufi event kind of snuck up on us. This is one of their smaller gatherings. They have a, a night to honor Israel, which is a, a much bigger thing, and so that's where the, the big guns come out. So the gentleman that spoke was his name is Dr. J. Dudley, and I like it a lot to uh, rat poison. There's a lot that's true and a little bit of poison that's thrown in there. And so I'll give you more detail uh, next week on that. But basically, enough to say that black is white, white is black, and that's kind of how, how the whole thing goes down. I will leave you with uh, his last comment, is to chew on it. He was quoting from Romans 15:8, and he said, Jesus was a servant to the Jews. Who should we serve? And that's how he ended his talk. I'll leave, leave that with you. I got to hand out a few flyers. Uh, I, I held two signs. One said, uh, Jesus is not a Zionist, and the other one is no more wars for Israel. So I got more positive responses from the people driving by. I got horn honking, thumbs up, yeah, waving at me. Those, those kind of things were good. I, uh, the people coming into the church, I had one lady actually go around, make a long way around so she wouldn't have to go in front of me with my sign. She pulled, went into another driveway so to not, uh, not have to deal with me. I don't know what she thought I was going to do to her, but anyway... It was a good a good time. I uh, just wish you'd get more support for the next one. Thanks, guys. Great. Thank you, Craig. Tom, Tom, I think you ought to take a few comments on that quotation from speaker. Who was the speaker, Craig? Can you tell us? Yeah, who it is? Dr. J. Dudley. I have no idea you know, where, he, where he came from, who he is. He's definitely with Kufi. I did an Internet search on him. I couldn't find anything on him except Kufi, so I, I don't know who so he, he is. he works for Kufi. Yeah. Okay. One of the things we like to do with these vigils, these are vigils, they're not protests. So numbers, as we've mentioned in the past, it doesn't make any difference. Even one person has an effect. And just by standing out there, Craig, yourself, you were uh, uncertain about doing vigils. And last year we came over and helped you. And we've got an enthusiastic convert now who can see some value in these vigils to challenge these churches and look for the thinking people. Who knows, they may find another Lori in there. 
Hum, I have something to say about this statement that Jesus served the Jews, so who should we serve? Of course, what he's saying is Jesus served Jews, so we should serve Jews. And he's taken that from the book of Romans, the 15th chapter, in the 8th in the verse on. And this is one of the, the abuses of Christian Zionism that we see. They think really nothing of simply changing scripture to suit their purposes. You've got here the big change, of course, is that if you look at those verses, the word Jew isn't there. What uh, Jesus did is Jesus talked always about serving people. And you all remember the stories of him washing feet of, of others. And uh, the idea of service is, is very common. What the scripture actually says was that without going into interpreting the scriptures, but just looking at the face of it, that Jesus came to the circumcised. And what that's meant to say is that he talked to, mission to the lost sheep of the house of Israel at the time that he was on earth. And so what, what we have here is we have a guy from Christians United for Israel has uh, just taken upon himself to change the circumcised to Jews. Now, the circumcised were, of course, those who followed the very strict laws of Moses and the prophets. And, and of course, the context that we think of, of Jews, of course, is that we have the image of today's Jews and Israelis who, just like the man Reverend Preston is going to debate, has uh, fashioned himself into a self-serving Jew. So uh, he's put himself in the Bible by becoming a Jew. So this is essentially what this man is doing to the crowd. He's basically saying, Jesus served Jews, so you need to serve Jews. And when it comes to taking care of business, it's taking care of Israel's business first. I'd like to offer just a few thoughts here. Thank Lord, you, my name is Don Preston. And Paul's statement in Romans chapter 15, verse 8, uh, this I testify, therefore, that Jesus Christ became a servant to the circumcision. It's convenient that the uh, speaker there left out the critical part of the text, yes. that he might confirm the promises made to the fathers. This completely overlooks the fact that Jesus had a very, very distinctive, very time-limited ministry to fulfill and to confirm the promises made to the fathers. As Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, Do not think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. There were certain elements of Torah that Jesus had to fulfill in his personal ministry. The resulting power from that initial fulfillment would allow him to fulfill the totality of those promises by the time of the fall of Jerusalem in A.D. 70, when Luke records for us Jesus' words in describing the fall of Jerusalem in A.D. 70, the events leading up to it and consummating in that event, Luke records Jesus saying, These be the days of vengeance, in which all things that are written must be fulfilled. So to extrapolate, or I should say to divorce Jesus' words, from his personal ministry and the first generation as the time of the fulfillment of the promises made to the fathers. Jesus did not say that he came to serve the Jews forever. That doesn't negate the fact that what he did has an ongoing eternal benefit, not only for Jews, and but for Gentiles as well. But 
where it places the emphasis, as a matter of fact, in Romans chapter 15, when he said he came to confirm the promises made to the fathers, he lists several Old Testament prophecies. He mentions prophecies from Isaiah chapter 11, from the book of Psalms, and other, other passages as well, all having to do with, number one, the time of the coming of Messiah to establish the kingdom, number two, the calling of the Gentiles. And so the promises that are in view that Jesus came to confirm were very specific prophecies. Again, it is not saying, well, Jesus came to confirm the fact that the Jews are God's people forever. The promises that Jesus came to confirm were the promises having to do with, number one, his personal ministry, the establishment of the kingdom, the calling of the Gentiles. And again, Luke says that Jesus himself said that all prophecy would be fulfilled by the time of the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70. So again, to take Romans chapter 15 and to say, well, because Jesus served the Jews, which again, it's the word Jew is not there, it is the circumcision, which one might extrapolate and say, well, the circumcision were the Jews of Jesus' day. Well, that's true in one sense, but it is to misconstrue it into a modern Zionist definition of Jew, which is certainly improper. Much better said than I did. Thank you, Don. I would like to also add a comment about the letter that you read when we first started from this David. As I listened to you read this letter and watched it, I see David as being just a, 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 a pro. He was, a, he was someone like the guy who was doing the talking. He was a deliberate deceiver. He's not just an honest kid who called in and would like to chat with us about our views. He's somebody who's trying to bend us and bend other people. And you'll find, if you really looked in and never found David, that he would be one of the pros in Kufi or something like that. The reason I know that is he used the word Christian anti-Semitism. That's yes. only used by in very radical terms, whoever heard of Christian anti-Semitism, uh, he, he called us evil, the use of the word evil and the promise of destruction. We need to, of course, shake the dust of people like David off our heels and get on with it, as Jesus said. Well, great. Thank you very much. And we're very privileged tonight to actually have one of those people that's come out of this view, this trap, and uh, it's Lori Rutledge from Michigan, and she found uh, We Hold These Truths and has talked with Chuck Carlson. So, Lori, we'd like to welcome you, and we'd like to hear a little bit about your spiritual journey, how you came out of the trap. What was the turning point for you? Well, first let me say hello to everyone. And thank you so much, Chuck, for inviting me. And I, I actually don't know where to begin but uh, as I had explained to Chuck in our last conversation when we discussed it, I pretty much was told by a friend to look at a video on YouTube, uh, and it was a, a video from some organization, and it showed pictures of children that had been killed uh, over in Israel. And it, it just immediately my spirit became grieved when I saw it. And so that is what put me on the journey to start researching what I had gotten myself into or what I was supporting. And so based on research that I started doing about the nation of Israel, because I, I knew nothing about Zionism. I had never even heard that term. And I didn't know I was a Zionist, actually. 
And so um, as I started researching and learning about the nation of Israel, how it was formed, and all the different things that had taken place prior to Israel becoming a nation, I was shocked because not, none of, I never heard any of my pastors speak about the nation of Israel other than it was God's blessing. I didn't know anything about all the murdering, all the killing, and all the things that had taken place in the governments, all the manipulations, supposedly. And so um, that is what really woke me up. And um, I, I was grieved about it because I had given money, and I actually had, I feel like now I have, been, I have been deceived into supporting something that I just know in my heart was not of God. Because um, first of all, I know God would never want me to be deceived into supporting something. And um, after seeing the initial uh, video, and I can't remember what organization it was on YouTube, I started watching other videos. I started uh, just surfing the, searching the web, and that's when I ran into We Hold These Truths dot org, and uh, I watched the video on you all's uh, website. And so um, it, it just just in the course of me researching, that's what really woke me up. And so I actually contacted a former pastor from the Word of Faith movement who I used to follow, and I also contacted a couple of other ministries, and I sent them a video link to look at of uh, Naturi Carta, which is an organization I had discovered on YouTube who uh, is Orthodox and who uh, stands against Zionism. And um, I sent a message to, he's a very prominent pastor in Oklahoma, and um, I, I, I told him in the uh, uh, message I sent him that he might want to reconsider following the nation of Israel and Zionism, and uh, I didn't hear back from him. But I started posting on my Facebook page that um, Zionism is not Judaism, and Judaism is not Zionism, and so... I've been just trying to educate family and friends through my Facebook page um, that they need to get a better understanding because I, I know of so many people in the Word of Faith movement that follow Zionism, and I don't think they really know that they are following Zionism. I think they believe that they're following uh, the nation of Israel whom so many people have been taught God has blessed. Um, and just like um, the pastor just said a little while ago um, about what the scriptures say. Um, we don't hear that when we're led into following the nation of Israel. We don't hear the full scriptures. We only hear from the Old Covenant, from the Old Testament, the, the scripture that many like to use, you know, those who bless Israel, God will bless. Those who curse Israel, God will curse. And so I now realize that there is just so much deception that surrounds the message of the nation of Israel, and it's it's very unfortunate. And you know, now I just I pray that the Lord opens the eyes of everyone else, like He opened my eyes, because He definitely opened my eyes, and have He's totally led me away from that. And I'm very very thankful for that. So that's wow. Much. Thank you so much, Lori. Are there any questions for Lori? What a uh, an amazing testimony, and we know. We can't expect masses of people, but we're looking for people that can think for themselves and who look beyond the deception that we get from 
our media and our government and and from even our spiritual leaders, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, I have a question for Lori. Okay. Yeah, this is William Bell. Uh, how long after you discovered your um, initial uh, deception or made your initial discovery, did it take you to make the journey? Well, let's see. Actually, it's been about, this is 2014, so it's been almost two years now. Okay. All right, thank you. almost two years. Lori, this is Don Preston. Again, have any of your friends, family, acquaintances, uh, have they been receptive as you've shared your newfound truth with them? No. No. Well, I know that's very, very difficult. I hear from people all the time who have been basically cut off from their own families, certainly from their church families. But I just want to encourage you in your convictions. What you will find is that there is a growing number of people just like you. It may seem like they're few and far between. But I've been doing some study just recently in regard to the Romans eleven twenty-five to 27 text, and so all Israel shall be saved which, of course, is one of the very favorite passages of the Zionist. And one of the problems, among many, that the Zionists impose on that is they try to say that, well, the majority, the great majority of ethnic Jews will one day be converted to Christ at the second coming. But that flies in the face, number one, of the context. And number two, it flies in the face of God's dealings with mankind all throughout the entire history. God has never, ever, ever saved the majority of people. It has always been a remnant, just a few, who had the courage, who had the conviction, who had the patience and the self-confidence, most of all, the faith in him uh, to do what was right in spite of opposition. So I want to encourage you to, to stand fast in those convictions. Well, thank you very much. And one thing I wanted to say is that um, as far as my family, I pretty much was the only one that started following the Word of Faith movement. My parents raised me primitive Baptists. Mm. And so, uh, of course, they would never (laughs) get involved in anything like Zionism. And um, so as far as my family, uh, I, I don't have to worry about that, but I came to know a lot of people in the Word of Faith movement and I've befriended quite a few people. And I don't, really don't talk to any of them anymore because I don't want to cause strife. And so my main thing now is just praying for them, praying that someone will cross their path and speak to their hearts. Because a lot of times, you know, people you know, it's hard to receive from them. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's easier to receive from, from someone you don't know. And um, the, the other thing is what I've come to realize is that we have – Christian Zionist and we have Jewish Zionist and I don't focus as much on Jewish Zionist because I know the Lord is going to deal with them also because they're divided between the Orthodox Jews and the Zionist Jews but it's the Christian Zionist um, that I hold accountable because based on what pastors like and I'm calling out the name Hagee, Hagen, Copeland, Butler and ones that I know um, they are leading people astray, Christians who have accepted Jesus Christ. And so I think that's even more dangerous than Zionist Jews who don't acknowledge Christ. And so 
that's why I focus my prayers. I focus my prayers on the Zionist Christians because we're supposed to be ministering peace and love and salvation. And um, I realize now that Zionist Christians are talking about war and things that are just not of God. Glory. Once again, thank you for you know sharing your story. It certainly was inspiring, and I know that it's taken you a lot of courage to do that. Um, a couple of points that I just want to make very quickly. And one is you talked about first thing that moved your heart, that touched your heart, was the treatment of the children. And, you know, I think this is a, a big issue. It's a major issue, and it's one that I think we should also focus on so that we, you know, everybody loves children. And it's it's hard for a person to see them abused and, and um, arrested by the military and brutalized by them and, and that not touch their heart. So I think that should be an area that, you know, we really try to focus on. But another is this relationship between Christian Zionism and, and Zionism, and I think you're, you're um, really on target on that, but there's been some concern from Joel Rosenberg as well as John Hagen, I'm sure some of the others, that the support for Zionism is waning. The publication of Zionism Unsettled by the Presbyterian Church has certainly sent some shock waves, and uh, and so there's there's this mounting opposition that so much so that they're now having to publicly call for support from the churches because of the effect of organizations like We Hold These Truths and others who are speaking out against this. So I think that we should uh, look at understanding this is a composite situation, not not one that should be necessarily dissected, but everybody is effective in whatever area they are uh, addressing it, as some of Dunn's comments said. And the last thing I want to say is that I think efforts like what we're doing here tonight, where we are unifying as best as we can, and I've looked at this movement for some time, and it has frustrated me that here's one person over here doing their thing, there's another person over there. And I don't take away from any of that, but I think the more we can come together under a common cause and everybody bring to the table what they have is even more powerful. And so I'm willing to learn. That's why I'm here tonight, because I want to learn from these gentlemen what they do, how they do it, how they're effective, what they're sharing. And then same, uh, I want to be able to share with them. And I want to uh, leave open to you that if there's anything that we can do to help you, we have information uh, we're very well versed in the scriptures, so if there's anything we can do to help you from that point of view, you know, feel free to reach out to us. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And, and one thing I want to say about, oh, that was awesome what you just said. And as you were speaking, the one thing I thought about is unity is God's principle. So if we're not united, then we couldn't be in the will of God because he would not have us divided in the message. And so based on what you just said, I, I think that is so powerful as far as how we can move things forward to educate others and bring others out of darkness. It's definitely going to take unity because the one thing people talk about when they speak of the Jewish organizations that are pro-Zionism, you know, pro-Israel, they're united in their message and they have a strategy and so it's, it's imperative that we all unite as one voice, first of all, in Christ, in love, and in truth, 
because nothing can overpower the truth. And so that is why we've reached the point where we are now where people are beginning to wake up. And I'm sure people have been waking up probably for the last 50, 60 years, however long Israel has been in existence. But I think we live in a season now, in a time now, that is so profound because look at what's going on across the whole globe. Wars, instability all over the place. And so now has to be a time of salvation for some of these nations, including Palestine, including Jerusalem, including all the areas over in the Middle East. I just think it's a very unique time for us to come together and really try to drive home the point that God is not of murder. He's not of confusion. He's not of war. He's just not of that. Yes, very well stated. Um, I read uh, an article the other day that said since World War II, there's been 248 wars. America started 201 of them, and 30 million people have been killed and ongoing. Yes. Actually, I'm ashamed of learning. Oh, I think we all are. The things our nation. I, it's like I, I ask myself, my God, where have I been? Because I, I, I feel ashamed now of some of the things I'm now learning that we participated in. But then I think about, you know, how blessed we are that the Lord has sanctified us if we choose to walk in our sanctification. So that in and of itself, you know, keeps us from certain things. But um, in spite of how it looks, we're still blessed. This has been a great dialogue here, and we thank you so much, Lori, for joining in with us and telling your story. And, yes, in the unity, I think we... We have to reach out to these people because people are blinded. They're literally blinded to this, and they're good people, and, you know, they're they're really followers of God's. I could give some examples, and uh, the only thing I think we can do is just show the love of Christ, and they'll know where we stand, and uh, maybe or maybe not they'll change their opinion, but I think we, we have to stand up for what's right, and once you learn the truth, it's hard to uh, turn your back on it. We just thank you. and You're welcome. Anytime, anytime. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening in. And if Lori's story resonates with you or with one of your friends who grieve at the mistreatment and killing of innocent children, wherever they may be, you may want to pass this story on. And we would also highly recommend that you watch the recent documentary made by the Australian Broadcasting Company. We've entitled the story on our website, Major Media Exposé on the Israeli Attacks Against Palestinian Children. You can find the story on the website, whtt.org, and the links to the video, or on our podcast site. Thanks for listening, and pass it on. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also, at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Join us in our efforts to wake the town and tell the people. Start small, think big, 
and press on towards the straight gate. 